Welcome, everyone, to DEI After Five, the show that focuses on topics across diversity, equity, and inclusion with some of the brightest minds in the industry. Here's your hostess, inclusive culture curator and coach, Sasha Thompson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of DEI After Five. You know, this season, I am really talking about things that are slightly outside of the traditional DEI topics that you usually hear about, right? No unconscious bias. We're not talking about any of that stuff. Um, So this week, one of the conversations that I'm going to have is around mentorship. And lots of organizations have been talking about mentorship, but we want to really talk about how it intersects with diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And so my guest today is Yolanda Brown, who is president of Diversity Initiatives. Yolanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sasha. Pleasure to be here with you. Great. I'm so excited about this conversation. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about diversity initiatives and what you all do? Yes. So my um, the organization that I serve as president of diversity initiatives is called Engage Mentoring. And what we do is work with companies uh, across the nation and globe to help them grow inclusive cultures by leveraging our technology to implement formalized and structured mentorship programs for their employees. Wonderful. So before we kind of dive into the meat of this conversation, can you tell us the difference between mentorship and sponsorship? Because I think so many people use those terms interchangeably and they are not the same. Um, So can you tell us, you know, based on your experience with the differences between the two? Yeah, that is such a great question, Sasha. And it comes up often because as you said, the terms are used interchangeably. Let me uh, start with, we believe that there are various types of mentoring relationships that are necessary for an individual to grow personally and professionally, professionally. So we often talk about and encourage individuals to have a personal board of directors. And one of those Mm -hmm. roles is that of a sponsor. And uh, a sponsor is someone who um, usually is within the organization where an individual works that is able to advocate for, um, to help advance their career specifically. And so this person is usually someone that is in an advanced role within the organization. Now we define mentoring as knowledge transfer. So that can come in the form of, again, we believe it's the foundational relationship, but it could come in the form of a peer-to-peer coach. It can come in the form of, um, you know, someone that is solely a champion, you know, on behalf of that individual. Um, And so we just believe that um, it's important to know the purpose of each of those roles and individuals that a a person has in their life. I love that. Um, Because I think so many people are confusing Mm -hmm. (laughs) the roles of a sponsor and a mentor. And I love how you you said that a mentor can be a peer, mm-hmm. right? It could be someone that's a level below you. It can be someone that is just helping you get knowledge um, outside of kind of traditional forms of, of knowledge share. So I, I really appreciate 
the differentiation of the two, um, and particularly with sponsorship, so many people pat themselves on the back. Oh, I'm a mentor. I'm a mentor. But are you sponsoring? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. What are you doing to advocate um, in based on your role? So thank you for that. Um, and so talk to us a little bit about the importance of mentorship and the benefits of that. Because, again, I think so many people think just telling folks something is being a mentor. Yeah. But there's so much more. So can you talk to us a little bit about what the diff what that is and some of the benefits? Yes, absolutely. Mentoring improves culture. Mm. And when um, mentoring to, you know, I believe mentoring broadens the net for perspectives and ideas being shared and welcomed, I believe, um, you know, and the data supports that mentoring helps um, grow one's leadership capacity. Uh, benefits um, include the promotion of D, uh, D, E, and I advocacy. Um, and again, this is whether it is in the workplace, in our personal lives and professional lives. And mentoring helps individuals show up authentically, you know, by being able to have access to meaningful connections that um, hopefully through which they are able to um, understand not just um, what their potential is, but they're able to have skills alignment and transfer of knowledge that that takes place. So Yolanda, thank you for that, because, you know, it was such a great segue into where my mind was going um, in that there's been so much research done that, yes, you know, mentorship is valuable and works, but oftentimes what you'll see is leaders mentoring people that are like them, yes. right? Mentors um, finding folks that remind them of their daughter or their niece, which oftentimes doesn't cross racial lines or sexual orientation or other aspects of diversity and inclusion. Um, and so I'm glad that you, you touched on that because that's where this gap can start to really be filled where <clears throat> you're mentoring someone that's not like you. That's right. right. Someone that um, has a different background or experience than you, that has a different lens on the world than you, because, yes, you're helping them, but they're also helping and providing you a type of mentorship as well, too, um, in that process. And yeah. so as you were talking about the data and, you know, 90 was it 94 percent of people saying that they wanted to be mentored or wanted to feel connected. Yes. I think that that's a huge part of it. Yes. I know when I've spoken to um, people that are leaving organizations, you know, it's, I just didn't feel like I felt valued here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what you're saying touches right on that. People feel valued when, when they have those types of relationships <clears throat> or they have someone that they can go to, to kind of hash out, am I thinking about this the right way? Or Absolutely. do you have recommendations, you know? Yes, absolutely. We so at Engage Mentoring, one aspect of our um, program is that we believe that every individual has something to give. Mm -hmm. So our participants are invited to serve as both mentee and mentor. 
for that mm. very reason. So that means irrespective of their role, years of experience, um, the traditional hierarchical ways of matching in mentoring relationships, that is one of the top reasons that mentoring programs fail. It's because yes, individuals tend to mentor people that look like them, that you know have similar experiences and it has to be um, part of the culture that leads to belonging. You know, there's so much focus on the DEI. So, but diversity in itself does not, alone does not solve all of the challenges. Right. You know, it's the diversity, the equity of, of access and opportunity, the, the inclusion where people feel valued leads yeah. ultimately to the belonging, which ultimately is the goal that yeah. people feel um, valued, that they feel this sense of, I can show up authentically that my cultural lived um, and professional experiences are all going to be considered because I bring those things to the workplace with me. And so I'm, that's a personal goal of mine this year is to seek out a um, cross-cultural mentor. And, and when I say that, like the race aspect of mentoring, I've never had a challenge with, but truly being intentional about thinking who checks a different diversity mm -hmm. box than I do, mm -hmm. that is something that um, I am working on intentionally this year so that I can broaden my own lens of um, even uncovering possible biases that I may have or my understanding of, of who can be a new champion or coach in my life. I'm always um, seeking to learn. And, and that, is, that is key. And, and leaders, again, who just don't um, embrace this, they're just not getting the full, in my opinion, in our opinion, in the work that we do at Engage Mentoring, that, mm -hmm. um, that they're just not getting the full breadth and depth of who their team members are. You know, I, I love this, um, the concept that you're you're bringing forth because it's about reciprocity, right? Yes. It's about this reciprocal relationship and it's not um, this saviorism or yes. this, you know, I'm gonna pat myself on the back because there's so many people, oh, I mentor 20 folks. And I'm like, okay, and <laughs> like yes. you mentor them, what are they doing with, you know, the information or knowledge share that, that you're giving them, what's the growth that you're seeing from them? Um, and many people can't answer that. And so it's this, how do you move from this model of saviorism um, in all aspects of, of that term to being in a reciprocal relationship of growth and knowledge share and understanding and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone? Yes. Um, and, and that, I think, is something that a lot of organizations, they're not necessarily looking at mentorship in that way. I completely agree. And, and let's, if I'm completely real about it, mentoring is not even in the top five oh, strategies yeah. that companies want to um, invest in. It's, it's not top of mind, mm -hmm. you know, but really, if um, the data supports that mentoring is a vital part of any um, DEI strategy and operationalizing DEI, access to meaningful relationships is a need to have. It's not a, it's no longer 
a nice to have. It is absolutely critical to the success of growing an inclusive culture and truly achieving belonging, you know, access um, to meaningful connections. It it just broadens the net and and just gives greater um, exposure, you know, to the heart of the organization. You know, and it it really um, speaks to the equity piece of this. And you touched on that mm-hmm. in that when you think of mentoring or you think of who has the relationships, right? Yeah. They happen on the golf course. They happen, you know, at all these other places that not everyone has access to or feels comfortable yes. in those spaces. Yes. And so this kind of levels out the playing field a bit in that it's now a formalized process to do this and build those relationships and create those connections where historically it may have been through who you know or who yes. your parents know or nepotism, you know, all of those isms in that space. Yes. Um, and so I appreciate this this lens of being intentional about these relationships in a way that everyone has access, everyone has opportunity. Yes. Um, and there's this built-in bonus of those leaders now having opening their doors to folks that they may not have opened their doors to yes. before, right? Um, so true, so so true. I you bring up a really good point because I talked to a DEI leader just um, this would have been the end of last week. And I ask, I always ask the question, who is it within your organization that you can't retain fast enough? Who is mm-hmm. it that you can't develop fast enough? Who is it that you want to touch who isn't represented at the table? And one thing that he stated to me was that they did uh, an employee engagement survey mm-hmm. and they had 200 individuals respond that they wanted some type of mentoring opportunity. Well, I said, that's great. Cause they had about, I think about 550 total employees. I'm okay. like, that's a pretty, you know, decent half. <laughs> yeah. Right. But guess what? He said, cause he had already told me that they had an internal program. And so I said, so how many of those individuals are involved in the current mentoring program? He said, we have 25 pairs. That's wow. 50 individuals. Right. Now, my first question was, well, what about the other 150? And he mm-hmm. said, well, we didn't have the capacity to offer this to them right now. And so when you talk about access, yeah, how does that? And I said, well, how do you believe that makes them feel? Yeah to feel that they weren't accepted, that they weren't, why didn't they, why didn't they get selected versus the other? It it starts, it right there creates a lack of inclusion, a lack of um, employees feeling valued. It makes them feel Mm -hmm. that they're inadequate in some way. And so it works against (laughs) the whole purpose of asking their opinion to begin with. It's just like you ask someone for, you know, their thoughts and then don't do anything or acknowledge that they gave something, you know, so it, it really um, can, you know, that's why I'd love offering 
you know, an opportunity for to help companies grow their mentoring programs and, and nothing wrong with an internal program at all. But there is mm-hmm. always going to be a question of capacity because I've talked to people that are managing their uh, their program. One of the other reasons that mentoring programs fail is because they're not scalable because you have one person yeah. managing and matching, you know, from a spreadsheet and bad matching is another top reason that mentoring programs fail because typically if I'm the person that has to do the matching, then I'm, there's a possible room for unconscious biases to come into place because then I'm deciding who will work well together, who mm-hmm. will like each other, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, who deserves to be a mentor because they're director and above. So they're automatically a mentor. That isn't necessarily the, the best, you know, approach. And so um, with the work that I do, our, our matching within our system is based on self-selected topics from the participant. So it's okay. a topical alignment, you know, and choosing things that I value that mean the most to me yeah. where I am in my life. And so there, there, there should always be given consideration as to how are you going to bring in an individual's perspective, their identity factors, what makes them who they are. You know, I did a session earlier this week, you know, talking about driving inclusion and belonging through human connection. Mm. And that's part of it. You know, really understanding who I am. How do I get to uh, demonstrate that in the workplace? All that I bring, you know, from life experiences, the things that, you know, I know you do DEI. So it's not, you you know, the whole iceberg analogy. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as a leader, what, what are, you know, what are we doing as leaders to draw out those uh, attributes of our team members that are unseen, those under the surface Mm-hmm. level, you know, ideas that could be such an asset in the workplace. Yolanda, you touched on something earlier that I want to circle back to a little bit okay. because I was having a conversation with someone else that um, another guest that also does work in mentoring, mm-hmm. um, hers is specific around women in the, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But she mentioned that um, internal and external right? The limitations of having internal, and you touched on that and saying, you know, scalability, capacity, all of those things. Um, What are some, what are the benefits about having a program that has external mentorship? Mm -hmm. That's such a great question. I believe, and and I've seen it um, represented in the work that we do. There's a place, number one, there's a place for both internal and external mentoring. I I don't believe, again, it comes down to capacity and is everyone who desires the opportunity for mentoring able to have the access? And if there are some companies that have the resources to have a a robust uh, insular program, but the external model, or as we call it, a shared model, of mentoring that gives employees access to individuals outside of their companies. It allows for greater, in some cases, greater transparency, greater Mm -hmm. trust, um, and that those conversations, some, I may not feel comfortable talking to my boss about my lack of confidence. I may not feel comfortable talking about, um, to my executive leader that I need help with executive presence. 
you know, there, there are just several things that could come into play that may not necessarily come up in um, the internal environment out of, for whatever reasons, you know how it is. I don't want them to know. I don't, you know, so yeah. I, I just think again, it, it broadens the, the net for ideas to be shared that may not be disclosed internally. I think there's a trust factor. Um, and I, I think it shows, I felt, I think it increases my organizational commitment to know that my employer trusts me enough that I can have conversations with um, someone outside of the organization that's going to support my growth and help me show up um, uh, more authentically and show up um, with greater um, organizational commitment and effort. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting, too, because the more I think about it, um, someone that's external can question things that someone internal may or may not be able to question or it's part of the company culture. Yes. But it doesn't mean that it's right. And so someone that's external has this lens of, you know, well, why is it done this way? Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. it, it kind of pushes you to think. Okay, am I drinking the Kool-Aid or is this something else, you know, that I need to be mindful of in this process? So I appreciate that, um, the external piece and the absolutely trust and confidence and yes. um, not knowing what information will stay with the mentor mm -hmm. if it's internal or, you know, if it's internal in particular. Yes. Um, I think that there may be some limitations to to that. And I wanted to bring that up because there's so many organizations right now that are considering mentorship programs. Yes. Um, but again, to your point, they're doing it internally. And so, yes, there are benefits to that. But there are also, more, I think, more limitations to internal than having something that may be both internal and external or, you know, fully external. Yes, yes, I I completely agree. I had um, a conversation with the with some ERG leaders, mm -hmm. and um, specifically around how to grow their ERGs through mentoring. And there, it, it's a values proposition. Whether it's um, organizations have to take just like with anything, there has to be a strategy. You have to understand what is the the business need. What is um, the tie to the overall organizational strategy, especially if it's if it's a DEI strategy or if it falls within um, uh, talent management, human resources, because there's so many depending on the organizational structure. If there if that conversation doesn't happen to draw the tie, what specific goals will this help us to achieve, mm -hmm. then it, it will tend to fall flat. You know, um, another top complaint, if you will, or challenge that I hear is that proper improper training is another reason that mentoring programs fail because mentors and mentees are coming back saying, I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't know how to set proper expectations for the relationship. And that's foundational. For, that's one of the foundational principles that we teach um, our participants is, you know, we are, you know, one of the only platforms of our type that trains and certifies our participants because we know that 
there we don't know what we don't know yeah. you know how can i leverage the most out of a mentoring relationship how can i um set proper expectations how can i ensure that i can even articulate what i need sometimes we don't know because right. we haven't had the training just like with anything else to to be successful you know what that is such a critical part of this um and again it goes back to people having this mindset that mentorship is just me giving advice like yeah. there is a structure to it there are some outcomes that need to come from it um and so that training is so critical and how do you conduct a, a meeting right a, con a yes. connection point yes. um how do you challenge in a way that um helps people grow or think about it's almost like coaching in, in a sense that's and right. that there are some questions right any coach will tell you like there are we tell we ask questions to help you get to a point of understanding and growth right not to answer our own personal curiosities often. Um, yes. I mean, because we do ask questions out of curiosity, but it really is about what is the mentee getting out of this, right? Yes. This isn't necessarily about the mentor feeling, again, pat on the back. You know, I shared my knowledge of how many yes. years I've been in this industry, but how are you also challenging that person to think about things from a different perspective That's right. um, or pushing them to step out of their comfort zones, right? Because sometimes yeah. that's what it is too. So I, I really love the context that you're you're giving us around mentorship because again, so many people and so many organizations right now are looking at ways to bring programmatic aspects to DEI. And yes. this is one way to do it, but it has to be done intentionally. Yes. It has to be done um as you said, as part of this larger strategy, yes. it cannot be this one-off thing that's disconnected from all the rest of the work. That's right. That's right. So that's, I think, is, is such a critical piece of this. Um, so I want to do a quick little pivot okay. and ask you, you know, this work is, is difficult and, you know, within DEI and mentorship and at least getting folks to understand the importance of things when yes. it makes common sense to us. Uh, so how do you take care of yourself? Like, how do you fill your cup? I have learned over the course of, I call them my pandemic years, <laughs> <laughs> yep. that I must, taking care of me is being still. Mm. I I have been a chronic grind, hustle and grind mm -hmm. uh, individual. I wore my hustle and grind like a badge of honor um, for many years. And I still fight those tendencies. But for me, taking care of myself is is being still and, and being intentional about rest and spending time with people that fill my cup. And reciprocal, you know, uh, in a reciprocal way, you know, yeah. spending time with people that are meaningful to me. I've I've been intentional about scheduling brunch, scheduling coffee, making phone calls, not texting as much, mm. you know, actually picking up the phone, hearing someone's voice. I've learned to value life differently 
And so that is, that's how it is uh, taking care of myself is showing up for me right now. I love that. Yeah. I read somewhere like hustle culture is a hustle, <laughs> right? Like we, we've been sold this, like, oh, you have to do all these things and yeah, no, rest is good. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. like rest. So I appreciate that. So yes. Yolanda, thank you so much for this. If people wanted to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Yes. You, um, our website, www.engagementoring.com. My email is Y-A-L-O-N-D-A at engagementoring.com. And I'm on uh, LinkedIn. Please Wonderful. connect with me. I would love to connect Wonderful. with your, your audience. Thank you so much, Yolanda, for being with us today. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of DEI After Five. I'm hoping that you were able to walk away with a few nuggets um, that can help you and your organization as you're thinking about mentorship within um, your DEI efforts. So join us again every Tuesday at 5.15 p.m. Eastern on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. See you next time. Have a good one. Thank you.